Alright, and welcome to the second episode of the I Stand Messina podcast. I am your host, Tony Hernandez, and today's podcast is going to be about um, what makes a great story. Um, yeah, that's pretty much going to be most of today's podcast. I'll also just talk about, you know, a little bit about the type of films I like, type of stories I like, a type of, you know, just stuff, just a little so you guys can kind of get to know more about me and what I like as a viewer and what I look for in a film. Um, so yeah, so that's pretty much what today's podcast will be about. Um, I do want to start off the podcast with the Messina fact. Um, so the Messina fact of the day is about her film debut. When was it? If you do know, that's actually pretty impressive because um, it's an uncredited role. I mean, you could just look this up. You could look up when was her film debut, but if you knew it off the top of your head, it's still pretty impressive. <laughs> um, it's actually in, in an uncredited role for the 1946 film Paisa. I think that's how it's pronounced. I could be dead wrong. Please, please let me know um, if I am dead wrong um, about the pronunciation, not about the fact. Um, <laughs> my facts are factual. Anyways, um, let's just jump right into it. Oh, and actually, you know, before we get into it, do make sure to follow I Stand Messina on Instagram. Follow my personal page, Tony. Two Ys X H, um, and follow the basketball page. If you're in the basketball, if you just want to drop me a follow and support um, more of my content, follow Jerry West is Goat on Instagram. This is all on Instagram. Okay, let's hop right into the topic. What makes a great story? Um, and I I'll do some callbacks to La Strada since that is still technically this week's film not the film of the week that's something i want to start down the road not yet do i want to start the film of the week thing um but for all intents of purposes it is the film of the week so uh we will do some callbacks to Estrada, but we will try to you know have it be newer new input not just repetition um so what makes a great story in my opinion, the the road, the in between, <laughs> uh, the in between is what makes uh, a great a great story, especially in film, because um, so many films I've seen they start good, um, the road can be good, but the ending sucks. Now, um, so th- that is possible, but I would say a lot of films have cool endings, bad ways of getting there. And maybe a good way of starting or a bad way of starting. Either way, the road, that middle portion of the movie is the most important. It's more important than to me than the first 20 and the last 20. You need your middle portion to be to be loaded um, with with a, with just quality. That's where your qual. That's where you know if a film's quality usually when the middle portion is great. I would say you know a film's quality when the middle portion is great. And when they can put the 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 ribbon on top of the on top of the present, you know, usually some poor films they'll they'll fall off. 
you know, by the end, or um, they'll end really bad. And but you can always tell with a good film because usually a good film, uh, they know how to put the uh, the 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 bow on top of the gift on the present. Um, but anyways, let's get into um, uh, what I mean by that. So, uh, what I mean by a film needs to have great, just a great uh, road. If we look, let's call back to La Strada. Um, La Strada has in in a beginning that reveals the whole story. Um, I would say, and it has a tr- great ending, a very famous ending sequence, but. The whole road of getting there is what really makes that movie special. It's what really sets it apart. It's it's what keeps you. It, it's kind of what builds your attachment. You know, great films can build an attachment to a character, can paint the way you feel about a character. And in in the case of Lestrada, you build you know an attachment to Gelsomina. You build. Um, uh, you you start to feel you feel bad for her. Um, and that is due to the great writing throughout the film, not just in the beginning where, because, you know, sure, from the start of a movie, you can feel uh, an attachment for a character, you know, but it's in the middle of a film. It's, that, it's you know, just just the, the second act, the third act, the fourth act of the film, not the last few acts, but, the, you know, the middle acts of a play. It's like a play. The middle acts of a play is what makes it great. Um... And and in Lestrada's case, it's it's her scene with the uh, Il Mato, you know, is what makes you like her. It's her dancing in the courtyard, and then Zampano coming together. It's her saying she wants to run away from Zampano and leaves him. And, you know, it's what is that what makes um, the film great? It's what builds the attachments, what builds and elaborates on these characters. Is what reveals her nature, reveals her their goals, their thoughts, their inner feelings. That's what makes a film great. It, it's that middle chunk of a film, because um, a lot of people feel bad about. And same thing with TV shows. It's middle seasons. Um, in the case of Breaking Bad, it's 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 season two, season three, season four that make that show great. Sure, season five makes it elevates it. You always need, you know, you can always an ending will always elevate it. But you know, season one of Breaking Bad is probably, but that between that season two are probably the two worst seasons on the show objectively speaking in my, or at least in my opinion um and and it's it's because you know how you start something this is going to sound cliche but how you start something um is not really indicative of how it's going to finish um because in the case of a lot of films you know you could say Lestrada started kind of like they kind of threw together the whole or Fellini kind of throws together the whole concept really fast you know, to, but the thing is, how do you start a lot of these films, you know, the whole concept, I will say, it it's wonderful that you kind of know how to, upon rewatch, you can see that you knew how the story was going to end from the, from the beginning of the, of the movie, it gives away how it's going to end, but, um, you know, in the moment you may feel, oh, this is kind of fast, like, her, they're just giving her away for money, I know they need it, they're, but damn, you know, <laughs> and she has no say, and so uh, you might think that. Well, but the thing with beginnings is that upon rewatch, you realize how special they are. Upon rewatch, you realize how good you know first season of a show is. Because not every first season of a show 
is great in every first season. It's like, a, I guess, Boardwalk Empire gets kind of uh, famous for that first season. Uh, you know, not everything starts perfectly. Not A lot of shows don't. A lot of movies don't. But they really make up for it upon the middle ground. And upon rewatch, you realize, okay, that start was better. And what elevates the start is the middle. It's the third quarter of the film. The second and third quarter of a film is what elevates. And obviously, a great fourth quarter um, makes it great too. But it's like watching uh, a sport where, you know, the first three quarters suck and you have a great fourth quarter. Um, and and you're, you might remember this film. So this is great because it ended so great. But upon rewatch, you realize, oh, this kind of sucks. You know, like, it's boring until it gets very interesting. And a great film, you know, it starts out decent. Because usually most films do not have, some do, but a lot of great stories don't have, like, the, the most sucking in starts. Like, you're like, wow, you're just consumed with it. But then their second, third, and fourth quarters are tremendous. Tremendous. So that's what really, really makes a great story it's not you know the um i guess the lights and the glitz and the glamour of the the start and the end because that the start and the end means nothing when you can't really develop these attachments develop your characters and the only time you can really develop a character is throughout throughout the film or the story or the play or the or the whatever so that's i think the first thing that goes into a great story. The second thing that goes into a great story are the characters. Um, very few great stories have bad characters. You know, just uh, you would just have to dislike the story. You know, it's like in the case of The Sopranos, you're not saying, um, "I love the plot, but I hate the characters." It's like then you probably just don't like the the the, uh, the show. If you dislike the characters, you dislike the show. You know, so um, in the case of a of a show like the the Sopranos, um, if you love the characters, you probably think the plot's amazing. If you hate the characters, you're, you're probably not that fond of the, uh, of the plot. So, that's how I would take that. Um, in the case of a film like La Strada, again, um, La Strada, you see great, um, just great, uh, just great characters who, who get developed and turned into legendary characters um Zampano is a great character you see Ilmato's a great character and Josemina is one of the best characters in film um ever <laughs> in my opinion she's a great character and uh, it's great because Messina's kind of playing just uh, a version of herself which is great I think I think most great characters in films are best when they resemble something of the uh, actor slash actress I think that's usually when they're they're the best, you know, because you can always play someone who is not you, but what always feels the most authentic, their most real, um, the most moving performances usually uh, reflect something of the person who's playing them. Uh, but anyways, that's kind of that's kind of off topic. Hey, maybe that's a topic for a future podcast, but um. Anyways, sticking to this topic about um, what goes into a great story and characters, um, we see in La Strada, we see a character like Zampano who um, is, for the, you could argue, is uh, one-dimensional and that he's just very aggressive, very aggressive, kind of 
is not he's not a good person there you don't see the the, the dichotomy the layers um of him until you know towards the end of the film but that's when you know you start to say oh this is great because you do build kind of like oh this is not a good person but uh, masterfully you start to see um little holes of light into that into that mold you know and by the end you see the entire window <laughs> you see through it all you see through all the, the rough exterior you see that he is you know a victim of that uh, circumstance as much as everyone else is um so but that's just that's great writing that's what makes a great story because you're like wow wow i didn't i didn't think i'd be you know now feeling bad for Sampano after he was you know abusive uh, and just overall neglectful of uh, Josemina. Yeah, that's just that's just great writing. Um, but it, it, moving on into uh, uh, another example for characters, um, we see a, a character like Josemina, who is you could argue she's sort of um, uh, not she's not one dimensional, but she is kind of like not a basic character because it is that's a cart character to pull off i would say i could go into a little tangent on her character and why it's so hard to pull off and why it elevates the story why characters like her make a story great um her character is 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 a simple it's a simple naive um young girl because even though she's a, a grown woman she is not mentally I, I believe her mental age is supposed to resemble like a 10 year old julieta messina so she's a grown woman and a child's, or um, a grown woman with a child's mentality. Um, so, so, you know, she she's gonna be the way her character was, and that's a hard character to pull off because you can't overact. She was not overacted because you can very easily overact that character. I, I suspect a lot of actors or actresses um, would have overacted her. Would have probably, you know, played her very, um, I, I feel like you kind of go very childlike with her. Or you can kind of make it to where she just seems, um, for lack of a better word, you know, uh, mentally challenged. Um, I guess maybe that is a better word, but, um, or phrase. Um, but, you know, you can't depict her as either either one because then it kind of it takes away from uh, the the, uh, the layers of the character because then you know she's mentally challenged and Zampano is just a bad person uh, for taking advantage of a mentally challenged person and so with her, her parents and so then I feel like that hurt but then she's just completely childlike um then she's kind of useless uh no instead she's somewhere in the middle because her character is is still a little slow i mean i'm not saying she's just completely childlike her character is still a little slow um but she is somewhere in the happy middle to where you know you do feel you you feel bad cuz you know you feel bad for her probably either way but you feel bad for her in this case cuz it's like she could be capable of taking care of herself she could be capable of living a happy fulfilling life and that is just great writing and that's what kind of makes us, that's what elevates stories you know the, the these layers the, this depth the it's the depth and the layers to a character like that that really elevate the story and these are layers that you know that develop onto themselves you know these are <laughs> these are layers that um that just keep keep going you know um 
but that that that's truly something great. Um, another example of a great character is um, you could we can stick with Estrada. I was gonna jump to Sunset Boulevard. Um, uh, you know, I, I was, but <laughs> or we can, we can, we can either go with Lestrade or we can go with Sunset Boulevard. Um, I'll go. Actually, you know what? Uh, I'll switch it up. I'll go with Sunset Boulevard here for an example of a great uh, female character. We could go to Norma. Um, uh, Norma is another uh, example of a great character, and she makes for a great story, especially in the case of um, in the case of Sunset Boulevard which we'll cover eventually, but Norma, you know, she plays a, uh, you know, an ex-film star. Oh, by the way, Norma is kind of playing herself here. So you see a common trend where great performances are usually, not always, you don't always have to play yourself, but when when a character resembles the person playing them, it usually delivers such an authentic performance, and she, she, she delivered here in this case. Um, but... Uh, and she also had to swallow her pride for that role, which is another thing. But that, that, that we'll talk about that when we eventually cover Sunset Boulevard. But the point I'm trying to make is that in the case of the for Sunset Boulevard, she elevates that story because it's a great plot. It's a great idea. If I told you, it's about it's going to be about a guy who's a sh- struggling writer who meets an ex film star, and then I mean, it sounds interesting. She eventually kills. I mean, it sounds interesting, right? But you know you need to write great characters around this plot because at the end of the day the plot's the engine but an engine isn't going anywhere without wheels you know so um it, it is what it is uh but moving on from just characters um i say the last thing is uh is an ending a story needs an ending now there's a reason i didn't put ending first here and i'll tell you why ending wasn't first because um you know, what makes a great ending is kind of subjective. Some people hate non-happy endings. Some people, I've, I've heard people say, I don't, I just can't watch a movie that doesn't, I don't, you know, I, I can watch the film, but if it doesn't have a happy ending or, like, a fulfilling, I, I guess maybe not happy, but fulfilling, because, I mean, there's plenty of movies that are great that don't necessarily have bad or good endings. Like, um, I guess, uh, Casablanca is an example of that because Casablanca doesn't really have a, a negative or a positive ending. If anything, you could argue it leans more towards positive because at least you get some closure. You know, you might not get the ending you want, but you can't always you can't always get what you want. So, um, in the case of, uh, but then there's negative endings that end kind of positively, like Knights of Kabiria ends negatively, but then you kind of swing towards like oh. This wasn't so bad, I guess, or it was bad, but, you know, it leaves you kind of fulfilled a little bit better than, um, like, maybe uh, an example of a, of a fulfilling ending in the absolute way, even in the face of negativity, is Breaking Bad. And an example of what a lot of people might not like of an ending because they don't feel fulfilled by it is The Sopranos, but the way I interpret endings, I think you need to effectively close the window on that character's life um because it's not their story because i i don't think you can um tell somebody's story through like a two-hour film kind of like the message of citizen kane you know you can't tell the entire story of someone's life through one word you know you can't look into that you can't peek into that 
you know, that there's so much more to a person, you know, that you won't know about because they're dead. And in the case of uh, characters in films, it's because they don't exist. <laughs> um, most of the time, at least, like, the story of uh, any, um, like, in A Clockwork Orange, the story of uh, the main character, I can't, I can't remember his name now, but, you know, that, that window's shut, like, we don't know what happens after that, and we don't we don't need to know. Like, this isn't one of those films where it says they went on to do like no with the ending with the, the happy music playing. No, you know, a film a great film usually effectively shuts the window um, on the character's life and um, leaves you. You don't need at least some fulfillment is usually good. Now, other clip. I mean, uh, a film with a cliffhanger is different in the sense that there will be a follow-up film and then that's fine because the follow-up film addresses it but most films are stand great films are usually standalone or can be a standalone and usually it you are left with some sort of fulfillment or some sort of idea of something um and that's what films they make you think at the end of a film if you're not thinking about it's just like oh this film kind of perplexes me like when I finished Citizen Kane I said this kind of perplexes me I'm like what am I to think about this what should I what, what should I take from this and that's what usually that's usually when you know you've watched something truly special you've experienced something truly special because you don't even know what to think of it you're like this was good um but what do I really think um was this is was this special was this like what you know or another thing with the endings of uh, shows is if you're still talking shows or movies if is if you're still talking about it and if we're still talking about the ending how many years later you know it's great um so i do put the road above the ending but you do need a great ending if i've seen films fall apart in the last 20 minutes you know a film can very easily go from an A tier movie to a, a, a F tier movie in the last 20 minutes um, because let's face it you know it's the last thing you see you do need to leave the audience with something that they, they can take with them you know something they can really sink their teeth into so if you if you leave them with a bad ending you know or just um, bad is subjective but unfulfilling I don't think is, is um subjective that's more objective um if you leave the eyes usually with something unfulfilling or um now cliffhanger endings on standalones can be hard to pull off the only time i've ever really seen it in a tv show at least get pulled off is in the sopranos but a lot of people didn't like the ending i i thought the ending um was was good enough um the, to effectively close the window on the, the characters in the in the story's life because um, the story is only so much but at the end of the day you're telling the character's story so you need to close the window on the character's lives you're not closing the window on the story because the story is just a story um, these people are so supposed to be living things you know so uh, you need to learn you need to if a film cannot or a book or whatever can effectively close that window usually that's when um, you know it's not a great story. They 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 kind of ruined the story. Um, but yeah, so those are three things I think really go into. And there's plenty more. I mean, there's a million things, um, million things that go into a great story. But I think those are three important things for now 
now I kind of want to get into because I don't want this podcast to be as long as the first one, at least, because um, then these will just turn into three-hour ramble sessions, which if you guys enjoy, you know, my favorite thing to do is talk to myself. That's why, I, hence why I started the podcast. <laughs> um, but no, um, let, let's get into uh, just some more about me and my favorite films. Um, and why, you know what, I'm actually going to answer the question. Why, why is Julieta Messina the namesake for this? Because um, it's kind of odd why uh, she she's the namesake. Um, she's a namesake because when I saw La Strada for the first time, I was very enamored with her, her performance. I thought it was, I thought she delivered a beautiful performance. So I was very enamored by it, you know, and then I, I had to watch more and I saw that what was really considered like her film was like Knights of Kiberia. So I saw Knights of Kiberia and I liked it and then I, you know, delved even deeper into you know her and and so I you know I, I I got enamored with the uh her as an actress I thought I'm like damn this woman can act and uh, she gets no attention at least in America I don't know in Italy I'm not I don't live in Italy but she gets no attention whatsoever um so yeah uh that that's pretty much why she's a name so I think it's also pretty cool I think um, a lot of people um, who can personalize with people better so instead of it being a film review what is a film review that's in the air that's abstract Julieta Messina was something you could see she was real her impact on people and her impact still on people is real you know if you see a Julieta Messina film you feel it you know because she's a great actress um, so I, I, I like picking people um, the name things after, not just an abstract thought, because this could have very easily been Tony's film reviews. Like that is so like you know what separates Tony's film reviews from Bob's film reviews or whatever you know. Um, but I stand Julia or I stand Messina is um is is different. It's like, oh shit, Messina. Who the fell? Who the who the fuck is Julia Messina? Who why is this named from for her? And then, you know, you look into it, and you're like, oh. And then it's a it's a female character, which is different. It's not, I stand Clark Gable, I stand Marlon Brando, which is, you know, okay. But I stand Julieta, oh. And it, it's it's not, it's not I stand Marilyn Monroe, or, you know, I stand uh, Audrey Hepburn or something. It's I stand Julieta, who the hell is Julieta? Like, so I thought she made the best namesake, and she is my favorite actress, um, so, uh, so, so it, it made perfect sense to make her the, the namesake, um, for name, every, name this after her, have her be on the logo, I mean, it just made sense, you know, but, uh, yeah, so let's get into some of my favorite, uh, films and the type of films I like, um, and, and why I like those types of films, um, I've always been the big sucker for, um, really just films that make you think you know I, i've been a sucker for not uh, un i guess un non-clarity in films not for films to be perfectly black and white not in terms of the visually but in terms of their message you know i love looking love the gray area of films that talk about that gray area 
you know, films that don't always present one way of, of thought or one way of how things should be. And that's always something I kind of look for in general. But in, in this film, uh, or in films, or in stories, in, in music, it is something I do tend to look for. Um, and, and it's something I've, I found in a lot of classic films, and that's why I decided, you know what, Let, let's start doing classic films, let me start doing classic films, you know, so yeah, uh, so those are usually the type of films I like, um, I'm not too big into, uh, sci-fi, although I do want to watch, like, the original Star Wars and all that, because I'm just not the biggest, or space, like, you know, Star Trek, I mean, that's like, um, Doctor Who, like, yeah, it's cool, you know, if you're into that, but I've just never been the biggest sci-fi person, but I do, I mean, I want to give it a chance, um, it just it was not, just not my thing, um, not even really the Matrix, you know, I, I think it's cool, the idea, it's cool, but it's not really, uh, my thing, if I'm being completely honest, it's just not, it's just not my thing, <laughs> so, um, yeah, so, uh, I also don't really like, um, action films, necessarily, so, we probably will not see me talk too much about the Avengers, I mean, I guess eventually I'll have to do those films, I've watched them, um, I'm just not the biggest fan of, like, action films, I think they're kind of for lack of a better word, stupid and redundant. They're like, you've seen one action film, they're all kind of the same, they all follow the same plot, the same... They're like um, rinse and repeat films. Um, and people just, I guess, like watching good-looking people in tight outfits run around and and do things, I guess. I don't know. Like To me, there's no dichotomy to these characters. The characters are all flat, um, one-dimensional. They're just To me, it's just boring watching, you know... Uh, those types of films, so, but I guess I'm, I guess I, I know I'm probably in the minority, um, amongst average people, I, I assume amongst, uh, people who are really into films, I'm, pro I'm probably not in the minority, but amongst average people, I'd assume I'm in the vast minority here, uh, so, yeah, <laughs> we're a very small minority, of people who actually um, don't enjoy those types of action films. I'm, I'm sure actually people who are into films probably enjoy those because they're just fun. But they're, I mean, uh, they have no replay value. Like, I can't watch those again. They're just boring. It's like you've seen one, you've seen them all. But that's just not, I will review them and I'll be honest because I, I mean, I, for films, I feel like it's so easy to be honest because. I've noticed that this space is very accepting of other people's opinions so long as you're not um, just completely slandering a film. I, I very rarely ever slander. I'm not like a lot of... I've seen some film critics who just like are unnecessarily nitpicky. Like they say, oh, the story was fun. Like, how is the story flat? Or the story was boring? It's like, how is it? You know, so some film people are kind of unnecessarily critical. But I mean, fans are a little more... Um, kind of open like okay you know like uh, I very rarely met people in real life that is who or who say oh you like that film oh this is way better dude like you know I've met people 
who love films, I say, you know, I don't think Citizen Kane's the best movie I've ever seen. You know, and I, I haven't, if you post it online, you may get some dudes like, well, the yeah, American Film Institution said it was the best film. So it must, no, it, I mean, we're allowed to think for ourselves, right? So I don't think it's the best film I've ever seen. Um, and And you can't really convince me otherwise just because a group of people said it was. So, yeah. Uh, I, I I have been a sucker for um films. I uh, with um I'm not I like gangster movies. I guess like gangster films. I guess that's what they're considered, like The Godfather, Goodfellas. I mean those are cool, but I have been a sucker just for dramas. You know, just for dramas. Just with um, it doesn't have to be like a romantic drama or uh anything. Just dramas in general. Films a lot of drama and films with a lot of uh, a lot of like a, a tale to tell, you know. Epics are good too, but thrillers I like. But I feel like thrillers are like action drama movies. <laughs> it's really kind of what they are. They're just action dramas. But um, if it, like a film uh, like There Will Be Blood, I really like. But There Will Be Blood is not that much. It's not. It's a, it's a it's a it, there's a lot of dialogue, um, you know, like No Country for Old Men has more, a lot more action. I, if I recall, it has a lot more action than There Will Be Blood. Although a lot of people remember, uh, remember a lot of the, like the the bowl where he's like in the bowling alley, that scene. You know, a lot of people remember stuff like that, or the, the inbred child singing the song. I mean, people remember that. But No Country for Old Men, I can think of tons of just action clips. Um, people love those types of films, you know, just constant action. I've always been more of a dialogue person, so do expect me to be very appreciative of that. I'm not to say, you know, if I see an action, I'm like, oh, boring. No, I'm, I mean, I'll appreciate it, but I've always been a sucker for just great dialogue, so do expect that on here. But uh, um, in closing, in closing, I do want to say what is to come and what to expect from this podcast. Um... So what is to come? Um, what is to come is next week there will be a Casablanca review. That'll be the film I'll be covering next week. Um, then the following uh, week, I'm not sure what film will be next, but I do expect uh, Casablanca this coming week. This coming the next podcast will be about Casablanca. Um, the for the the second podcast of the week I'm not sure the topic on what I want it to be not sure but we'll see we'll have to think figure that one out um but yeah uh it might just be me rambling who knows if you enjoy those please let me know (laughs) so that I don't have to think of a topic there's something I want to talk about I can just come on here and just ramble and talk about films and I could just ramble on and on about why I like stuff and why I don't like stuff. I mean, that's that's fine, too. But, um, yeah, if, if you enjoyed the podcast, make sure to, to share it with your friends, to uh, to follow. Um, follow me on all my platforms. Follow the podcast. Support the podcast by just, just listening. That's all you have to do. Just listen to the podcast. Um... And we'll, you know, one person at a time will keep growing this this podcast. And uh, I thank you if you if you made it this far. If you made it this far, you deserve like a freaking treat or something. But um, yeah. Uh, I hope you guys have a great 
great uh, rest of your day or start to your day, whatever. I don't know what time you're listening to this. You might be listening to this at 3 in the morning or 6 in the morning or 8 at night. I don't know. But, um, yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed the podcast. This has been Sergeant Pepper's Only Hearts Club, man. I hope you enjoyed the show. <laughs> um, anyways, I stand the scene of podcasts. Signing off.